This is a Podfire production. And here we are, back with Queensland Corridor Footy, episode 10. I'm here with my good mate, Brendo. How's your week been, Brendo? I've had a great week, Rob. How about yourself? Mate, I've had an awesome one. Uh, episode 10 is like a 10th birthday. I'm going to take that as a little bit of a milestone for us. So um, it, it's been a, another great week of footy. What's been your eye-catcher this week, Brendo? Well, my eye-catcher is that the coach knows best. <laughs> yes, he does. So last week, I have to admit, I thought that the Suns possibly needed to wield the axe a little bit. Um, and perhaps bring in a few players that were pressing for selection in the reserves um, competition. Yep. And they made, what, two changes? They made one or two changes, so they're pretty much stuck pretty fat, and uh, we'll talk about it a bit more, <laughs> but, and, you know, obviously a very good performance. It so was a great performance. Sometimes the coach knows best. Well, I can actually piggyback off that, because my eye-catcher was Rory Thompson coming back after what felt like 50 years for him, I'm sure, but I think it was four seasons since he last played, his, played a game. And for him to come back and just the determination for someone to do that, I think, is is well and truly worthy of an eye catcher for the week. And I've met Rory a few times. I've, we've got a mutual friend that I've met him through and he's just a cracking fella. So congratulations yeah, to him for coming back. And when it was clear, made clear to him that he would be coming back into the AFL uh, this week, he, he got quite emotional about it and you could see how much it, it, it means to him and obviously the people around him. So well done to Rory. Okay, back after the first siren, and we are going straight into the AFL, Brendo. Big week in the AFL. We had two games. I'm going to get it in early. Both the teams having a win. Let's start with the good win, though, the really good win being the Gold Coast Suns. 10-15-75 uh, to 8 goals, 13-61. Um, fantastic performance. I know you watched this game. Um, what did you get out of it? Look, it was, it was quite a surprise, I have to admit. I, I thought the Suns were just going, if I'm honest. Uh, but interestingly, they've won three of the last four down at the SCG, which you probably wouldn't have expected going in. And it was really pleasing to see the preparation and the style of footy that they played. Uh, it, it felt as if... I've got to give him his dues. Uh, I think Stuart Jew actually won the coaching battle on the day uh, yeah. because it did feel like that the Swans played into the Suns' hands at, at different times. Um and, you know, it was very good to see that. So they are able to force turnover quite a bit. They were able to control possession, the Suns. And, you know, to that end, Fiorini, you know, probably returned to form after a disappointing Absolutely week. Absolutely returned to form. It was a very good performance. Very what good. Do you, what do you have, 29 possessions? 29 possessions. Yeah. Ellis, um, 26. And I thought Dave Swallow, um, again, probably... Maybe he was listening to the podcast last week. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he does. And it was fantastic, actually. So, um, And really good to see Isaac Rankin playing um, a role a bit further up the ground, um, kicked a couple, and, and it was dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they do play that ground extremely well, and that's what you were talking about, the turnovers. It's a kind of ground where once, if you can generate that turnover and, and keep the ball moving quickly, you can burn them on the other side. So they, they did really well. Um, I just watched the highlights of the game, and... You know, I do. I love what Levi Casbolt brings to the team. You know, he's got that raw emotion and that raw energy that he, he likes to throw himself around in that forward line. And you know, it's good to see them getting a bit of reward for all the effort that they've put in. Yeah, he's probably not the most skillful guy going around, but you know, crashes packs, and you know, you can tell that his teammates uh, feed off his enthusiasm and and his his toughness. So, uh, all in all, a, a good performance by the Suns, and we look forward to them uh, seeing how they go this week. I'll let you give the other, the other score there, Brendo. 
Okay, so this one here, the Lions, 16-9-105, defeated the Eagles, 4-6-30. Um, have, have to be said, a depleted Eagles. Uh, a depleted Eagles, is that the word for it? What did you think of the game? Oh, look, it was a pretty underwhelming game of footy, really, but... Um, I've got a confession to make. You didn't watch it, did you? Well, I started watching it, and then my wife and I turned over Netflix about halfway through the second quarter. Well, I don't blame you. Now, I actually was at a function Saturday night. I turned my phone on to airplane mode, so I didn't get any scores. I got home at 11 o'clock and started watching it and fast-forwarded it after half time and watched. ended up watching the second half later on. But it was, look, I mean, it was always, the, the result, 75-point win, it's probably on the low end of what people expected. But the Eagles went out there with a plan, and that was to defend and, you know, to make it as hard for Brisbane to score as possible. And they, and they relatively did that quite well in the first half. Floodgates opened a little bit late in the second, our third quarter and into the last quarter. But, you know, Brisbane did what they had to do. Hugh McCluggage was fantastic. Kicked four goals, zero. This is the guy that kicked nine goals, 22, a couple of seasons ago. So four goals, zero. No wonder he was smiling after the game. He would have been very happy with that return. And Charlie Cameron had four goals, I think, all in the first half. Yes. And had a lot of John Denver going in that first half. Yeah, that's an interesting choice over it there, is isn't <laughs> it? Well, it's better than Baby Shark, which he had the season pre- previous. So uh, we'll take John Denver, I think, over that. Yeah, and I, and what really struck me out of that game is anybody who isn't keen on drafts and um, competitive balance, you know, think yeah, again. Have a look at have a look have at, a look at that. that because that that honestly, even though it was a Queensland team winning, uh, it didn't excite me. I've got to say, no, they need help. Funny, I listened to something today talking about drafts just very quickly because it's not Queensland based, but um, North Melbourne are the the story at the moment with you know what. People saying, oh, you know, they can't, they're not even good enough to be in the competition. Nine years ago today, the Melbourne Football Club were one and seven with a percentage of 56 at the same time under Mark Neald. It's exactly where North Melbourne are today. So it now now comes down to the decisions they make going forward through drafts and things like that. But, you know, it will turn around for them as well. So, and yeah. that's why I 100% agree with what you're saying that the drafts, the competitive balance, everything that yeah, salary caps do, and so forth. Yeah, it's a fantastic Really thing. important. And, and even to an, to an extent, it at um, VFL and community level as well to have those com- um, competitive balance measures in place. Yep. Let's have a quick look at the academy. It's the last games for the academy for this year. So we had two games. Our our teams travelled down to... I could have used the little um, cheers again because both our teams went down to Sydney this week, the two Queensland-based ones, and had a victory each. The Suns, 11-8-74, defeating the Giants um, convincingly, four goals, 6-30. Yeah, so... Look, a solid performance. I watched a fair bit of the stream. Um, a few multiple goal kickers there. Walter continued a, a very good season. Uh, I think he's only 16 or 17 years old, so he's yep. he's one to look out for in the next couple of years. As is Jake Rogers, who kicked two and was named in the best. And actually, Ethan Reid was named best player as well, and he's an underage player as well. So uh, some encouraging signs. Uh, the Suns Academy had finished their seven-game um, series four and three. And one of their losses was a one-pointer. So yep. um, so that, they'd be well pleased with that. Kath will be very happy Yeah, after we had her in here last week. So that's great. No doubt. And um, they're now looking towards, obviously, the state... Uh, sorry, the national championships with their players, which will be fantastic. The Lions, 9-8-62, defeated the Swans, 7-10-52. Brendo, I saw nothing of this game. I apologise profusely for that. But that's when I was watching the second half of the Lions game. I yeah. completely forgot. Yeah, look, that... They've uh, finished their um, academy series with a win. Obviously, they'd be happy with that, and they look forward to getting a few of their players selected in and the Alloy squad yep. uh, going forward. 
Okay, now Brendo, we're into our little VFL segment, and we've got a very special guest today, and probably the highest profile guest we've had so far. Is that fair to say? Oh, I think so. I'll tell you, from what I've heard, he'll tell us that too. So um, we've got SJ, or Steve Daniels, the coach of the VFL team, Southport Sharks. Steve, thank you so much for coming in. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. And I use those terms very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> so far, Steve, I'm going to tell you, or SJ, sorry, mate, you're definitely the most fun we've had in here because um, I think we're going to get given a little bit back here today, which is no, great. That's fine, mate. I'm, <laughs> I don't mind uh, being a bit of a character here and there. Yeah. So... Tell us about the journey. How did you become the Sharks coach? I know you've been in <laughs> footy a long, long time. so Yeah, I won't cut right back to the, the real start. Uh, look, very simply, is um, I was at the Gold Coast Suns, obviously. And look, I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I had a really good rapport with, with Rodney Ede and obviously a number of the other coaches there. They're actually good mates of mine. And obviously that's how I got Matty Primus and Matty Lappin and that with me at the moment to, um, to Southport. Um, look... We were going through a rough time there. Um, Rocket was a, a course, and um, they got rid of Rocket and Solly come in there for a little bit to take over. And at the end of that year, I was going through a couple of things off field with myself, which I don't mind talking about. You know, being uh, open and honest about it. Also, my marriage broke down, and it was at that point there where I thought, you know, being in, a, in an AFL system um, and doing what I was doing probably wasn't right at the time. And Southport uh, come and approached me from the side and said, look, we, we heard you might be standing away from football, which I was actually thinking of doing. I was actually thinking of just giving it away altogether. And I thought going back to, to Southport and just coaching my own club and being in charge of all that, and rather than having to, you know, I'd stay at the Gold Coast Suns, a new coach had to come in, you got to build a rapport again, uh, and you're not quite sure how long you're going to be there for, so I... Decided to make the move um, and, and move across to the Sharks. So that's how I've ended up here, mate. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure the Sharks and Queensland footy in general are, are, are very happy that Indeed. you made that decision. Indeed. Um, so going back further, you're originally Victorian? Mate, I certainly are Victorian, so don't hold that against me. No, no, um, you. we outnumber the Queenslanders <laughs> in here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a Victorian, mate. So um, all my, a lot of my coaching, of course, has, has been down in Victoria. And then... Um, I made the move. When I first came to Queensland, the AFL got me to go and work up in um, Cape York with Rick Hanlon there. And I was working at the uh, uh, up in the Indigenous communities and working in Indigenous school, Jerrigan College. I was running the sports programs and uh, everything up there. And then while being up there, um, got into coaching, obviously up here in Queensland and loved it. And um, headed back to Victoria for a little while and then headed back up this way again. Yeah, so you had a stint at Labrador at one stage. and that, That's correct, yeah. I remember uh, Jared Field, when he, he gave me a call, I'd just come up from Victoria and that was uh, I was working at the Gold Coast Suns and the AFL in a role that I was doing there and Jared Field called me and said, mate, what's the chances? Uh, Labrador, win the NEFL. And I just thought at the time then um, I wanted to get uh, set myself up within my work environment up here first and coaching at that level, particularly at Neufel then, Labrador were battling a little bit, and I just felt I wouldn't be able to give the club what they were expecting and what they wanted. So at the time, I, I actually said no. And it was about two weeks later, uh, Jared rang me back up. I don't know whether he was excited or not excited, but he, he said, mate, we're no longer in the Neufel. We've, um, we've gone back a division. Does that, does that entertain you now? And I said, well, look, it probably does a little bit. So, and I suppose the rest is history. So I ended up at the Tigers, yeah. And took them to a premiership before moving on. That's correct. So now you've been at the Sharks now for... 
Uh, what have I been there now? Four years, I reckon, yeah. Yeah, can, can just very briefly contrast. Obviously, when you're at the Suns, you're coaching the, the then NEFL team, yep. the reserves, if you like. So you've actually transitioned to the same competition, if you like. Could yeah. you just contrast, obviously, the difference between full-time professional footballers who are possibly new draftees and quite young yep. versus some older heads but semi-professional footballers? Look, it is, it is completely different, and where it's different is you've got your players, because uh, you're, you're there all day, you've got your hands on, you're very hands-on with your players, so you get to see them from 9 o'clock in the morning till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So obviously we have a lot of meetings and there's training and everything that happens at an AFL club, but you get to see them, you have a lot of one-on-one time with them, where at Southport now they've all got jobs or at their uni, you don't get them as much. So we try to put in as much time as we can, um, you know, in the hours that we've got. So we try at the moment Southport, what, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and you really only got them for a, a Monday night. You might only have them for, for two hours. We try not to keep them there that long, especially after a game. Tuesday night you're trying to do, you know, what you can with them. So you've got to train them. You've got to uh, teach, teaching edits and everything, you know, to, to keep teaching and you, you find you run out of time. Um, and then Thursday night, um, you're concentrating on the opposition, everything else. So you don't have the time, of course, at this level um, as what you did in the AFL. You could get a hell of a lot more done, of course, obviously at AFL level, because you had your players um, there all the time. Yeah, so when you look at that, you know, it, it is a credit to yourself and, and, the, and the Sharks Club to be so competitive at the level. Obviously, last season, uh, uh, you finished... I know the season was cut short, but yeah. I, th- I believe uh, you were second on the ladder. That's when, correct. When it got yeah, cut, at the time, yeah. And yeah, even this season's been pretty positive. So yeah, look, it has. It's been a it's been a terrific start. It, you just touched on it. It's a twenty one team competition, and look, what is there? Ten or eleven AFL clubs that you're up against every second week, and you're up against powerful, you know, uh, clubs from Melbourne back in the old VFA days that are very strong culturally. And they're very strong clubs and passionate clubs. So it's a ripping league. And whether you're playing the top teams, which we did on the weekend in Casey, to whether you're playing the bottom two teams on the ladder, if you don't come with the right uh, mindset and switched on, you can be beaten by anyone. So, And to make the eight, it's, whew, I think you're going to have to win 10, 11 games to get up there. And it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Yeah, pretty no tough. doubt, particularly with the travel schedule. So when you're coming up against these teams like Casey, which you did on the yep. weekend, um, you travel down on the day of the game? Uh, we travelled down the night before. Night before this so time? Yeah. So it must be, though, for you or for your players especially coming up, it, it, do you see a big difference when you play Casey as to when maybe you play Sandringham or one of the other teams? Is it a different feel? Yeah, look, for sure. Obviously, standards, um, teams all play differently. They have different game plans. They set up differently. Um but when you travel, and at the moment we've found it this year already, because I think we've already travelled, I think, three times already down to Melbourne. What have we done? We've done Werribee, Footscray and Richmond. Yep. Uh, now Casey, so that's four. Um, look, you, you have issues with it. Um, so, for an instance, we're stuck at the airport on Saturday. We got out there, I think, about midday. We didn't fly out till 4.30, I think, in the afternoon, playing with delayed. So then you get to the, the motel, you know, late. I think the time we got there was about 7.30 at night. The players are eating dinner late. So yep. therefore we've got to put all our meetings and everything back and go back to the next day. So preparation when you travel is pretty important and sometimes it, it, it can go wrong. 
Yep. And you've got to be prepared well, for it. Sounds like you haven't had much luck because we heard a few weeks ago for the Footscray game, That's you, correct. you were also That's correct. You had to get the game moved. That's correct. So. Yep. You know, those kind of obstacles can't be easy to go to get around. That's correct. And that's why I'm so probably proud of our group. We're very resilient and you have to be when we're up here in Queensland and all our opponents bar, what have we got up here? We've got two opponents in Queensland, Brisbane Lions and the Suns. You've got two in Sydney. Everyone else is in Victoria. So So it's a lot of travel. That's correct. So, you know, 18 games or 18 rounds, I should say, and you're in Melbourne um, for, for half that, for nine of them, because we didn't go to Sydney. So you, you are travelling a lot, you've got to get used to it, and you've just got to, it's no good, you know, whinging or, or worrying about what could or should. We've just got to get away and get the job done. And so we've been able to do that, uh, you know, with a good win against Footscray, and of course we're able to do that with a good win against Werribee. And it's all right to say that it didn't go right um, with flights and everything on the weekend against Casey, but we had some issues also against Werribee and we're able to get the job done. So there's no excuses for me. Yep. Yeah, so turning our attention to the game on Sunday just gone, yep. um, obviously coming off the bye, obviously at, th- at quarter time you probably wasn't the first quarter you were looking for. Do you, do you think you perhaps your players were... were caught on a hop a little bit from the bye or do you think that's just uh, had no factor in the game and maybe the opposition no, were just too no, good in that first quarter? No, definitely, Howie. You, you've, you've got to look at it. I'd always like to think my boys come to play. That's something we're, I'm pretty big on. They know that uh, as mindset and the way you present yourself. So you've got to pre- prepare yourself ready for the game. Um, so, look, I'd like to think the boys were ready. Uh, the first quarter didn't go to plan. Now, that was on the back of now because I've carried the game and had a look at it. We made a lot of errors. Now, those errors come from pressure from the opposition. The opposition was certainly up for this. So, you know, uh, they welcomed back, I, I think, seven players from the from the week they had before. Of course, was um, I think a bit of COVID went through the Melbourne Football Club and a few others were sick. So we got them quite strong. But, but we wanted that. We, we, wanted, we wanted to see where we were because... Um, we like to embrace playing all the better sides. And last year we never got to play the Caseys or the Werribees or the Williamstowns, um, and, and now we are. So we're excited by it. We wanted to see where we were. First quarter, um, wasn't just the first quarter. I think it was a six minute, uh, six minutes into the second quarter. Uh, it was eight goals, three to I think two behinds. We still hadn't kicked a goal. And then the boys clicked into gear a little bit. And we ended up outscoring the opposition for the last three quarters by, I think, about 15 points. So, look, I sit back now and I said to the boys after the game, it was a really ordinary quarter. I'm not sure why. And we'll go through that tonight at training, obviously divulging yep. that a little bit more. But um, I was proud the way we, we come back and got into it. You know, the boys could have really dropped their heads at quarter time. We could have been, you know, arguing amongst each other. And our group's just not like that. Yeah, it's such, they're very resilient and they just get the job done. It would have been very easy to look at it going, look, this is the Casey Demons. That's correct. You know, they're the powerhouse club of the country, let's That's be it. honest. Yes. It's eight goals to nil, you know. <laughs> let's just, uh, let's just let, look let's at what's... Let's roll over and, yeah. and, and let's get rolled by 20 goals. That could have happened that, that quite easily. Totally. Or, you know, 100 points. You're looking at some results in the last... Uh, a couple of standalone teams and um, they're getting beat by 100 points. Yeah. So... 
I remember going out at quarter time, I just looked at the boys and I actually asked them. <laughs> I kind of laughed a little bit. I said, well, that quite didn't go to plan <laughs> and how are we going to fix this? And they straight away, a few of them, you know, they, they added to what they thought and where we, we thought were going wrong and said, well, let's fix it. And that they did. So who were the leaders that sort of drove that? Uh, Dorsey was the first one. He, but he puts his hand up just, you know. He seems he, to be that he person, does. doesn't he? He just leads from the front. But they're, look, they're all tremendous, really. They all knew that, uh, look, we turned the ball over. So I was watching um, today, just putting some stats together, and we turned it over, I think, nearly 13 times. So we kicked it straight back to the opposition. The conditions weren't ideal, but that, yep. that's Melbourne. That's what we get when we go down there. And we just made some mistakes that we don't normally make. Now, you touched on it before. Was that the Melbourne Football Club? Yeah, it, it could have been. Um, but, yeah, we, we weren't happy with that first quarter, and the, the boys, they fixed it up. So uh, it's funny. You, you can't always win. And, of course, when you lose, everyone thinks it's, it's doom or glues. But you can lose and be happy with aspects of the game. And that I was on the weekend. First quarter, no good. We we're, were terrible. But the last three quarters, we, we made a bit of amends for it. And there's a lot of good things that come out of it. I love hearing the way you speak about how proud you were of the boys for that three quarters of the yeah. effort. Oh, the, the effort for the three quarters. Sorry, not a three-quarter effort. Effort for the three quarters. Because, to me, it just shows what your club's about. And that is about progressing and you've let the players kind of drive and, you know, give that feedback from themselves as well. Do the players, like midweek at training, do they ever um, have input into the training sessions and things like that as well? Do you do go that far with them? Yeah, of course. So we'll have a leadership meeting uh, with the coaches and us and we ask them how's training, you're happy the way we're doing it, what's going on, you know. So we're very, very open-minded like that and like to include all the boys often. At, at huddles or at half time, I'll, I'll throw it back on them and say, boys, why are we in this situation? You explain to me yep. how you've got yourself here. Now, this is obviously we've had some really good wins over the over the last, you know, four weeks. Um, but, yeah, it's always – I like to interact with the group and get their thoughts on a lot of things because they're out there playing and they can see it out there a lot more at times than what we can up in the box and get an understanding on how it's all going out there. So it doesn't really get much easier this week, so no. – what do you think? How's it going to go against the Giants? Well, I'd like to think uh, we'll have no problems. But no. Yeah, look, another another tough one. But as I said before, they're all tough. Um, we'll just have to... Oh, I'm pretty sure we're going to come with an open mind this week and the boys will be ready to go, obviously, right from the first bounce. So we definitely won't get jumped, so I know that. Um, now, just before you go any further, though, um, you've had more hurdles thrown in front of you this week again with the venue... Yeah, we still don't even know where it is, do we? No, not at the moment we don't because unfortunately Mother Nature and the rain that we're having here at the moment in Queensland, uh, as we saw last weekend, a number of the grounds were, were shut. I think um, there's a number of games across the, the football industry up here. The yep. grounds got shut down and they had to abandon the game. So our ground at the moment is holding up okay, but if the rain's to come, what they say is going to come over the next three to four days, uh, they'll probably look at moving our our game, yes. Okay, so just for the people that are listening to the podcast that might want to head head to that game, um, we'll find out from Southport when that game is officially wherever it might be, and we'll keep them up updated on our pages as well. Yeah. But GWS are undefeated, so we're looking for a big win from Southport this week. I'm looking for a big win as well. Well, <laughs> we you'll get you'll get Jacob Townsend back. Uh, yeah, we'll get Jacob Townsend back. Uh, there's a couple of other boys. Unfortunately, Ryan Davis, who we thought we might have got back. He broke his hand uh, playing for Labrador on the weekend, but mm. uh, he's in actually having surgery today. 
So oh, that's hoping, bad luck. Yeah, but uh, all good reports are that he'll be back in one to two because they're putting oh, a really? pin in straight away. So so he'll be all right. Uh, Connor Nutting, we've just got him back on the park, so he might be a, a chance, you know, to come in this week. Uh, Mitch Johnson, he's not too far away. A couple of our kids that have been injured. So we're just starting to get um, a couple uh, hopefully going to come back in and be available. So, look, that'll be good. But we've been... Uh, we've been happy with the way we're going, as I said, up until the weekend. Um, one one bad quarter of football. Other than that, we've been pretty good uh, over the over the journey to here. You, you break the season up um, into six rounds, and look, I'll be honest. At the start of the year, when I had a look at our draw, and we're coming up against the we thought at the time the powerful Werribees and Williamstown, they've been the best two standalone teams across the competition. Uh, for many years in the VFL when before we entered it. And last year, they were certainly up there uh, in the eight at the time. So we had them. Uh, we had the Richmond Footy Club down there. We, you know, we had Footscray, who who finished on top last year. So the fixturing, been a tough start. Yeah, it's the fixturing guys start. didn't miss, yeah. did they? No, so we've <laughs> looked at it. We've looked at it and gone, if we can be three and three, we're, we're going to be really happy with yep. this and where we're sitting. So we've turned it four and two. So obviously, as a club, we're, we're really happy with that. But now we move into our next group of six, and again, it gets no, no, not there's easier. no easy games anymore. No, there's is there. not. And if we could go, you know, geez, we go four and four again, that would be that would be outstanding because we believe you're going to have to win eleven games to make the eight. You, you're just going to have to. Some yep. people are saying ten, really good percentage. I say you're going to have to win your eleven. So let's just hope we can get our. our well, after six wins. rounds, four four games. It takes to be in the eight at the moment, so I That's definitely think 11, you're, yeah. you're around the mark there, I That's think. That's correct. Look, thanks so much for your time, Steve. Would you, would you like to hang around and, um, you know, go through mate, the, through the rest? Well, we might have a quick look then. Thanks, to, mate. It's been absolutely awesome, and I've said it to nearly all our guests, the insight that we've, we've been given for our listeners is just fantastic, and it is something that... Um, is unprecedented really for the average supporter to be able to hear from a VFL coach. I mean, we we don't get to do that all the time. So thank no, you very no, much and pleasure. all the best for this week's games. Thank you. Okay, let's go through the other, the other couple, couple of, of games. VFL games fairly quickly. Yep, okay. So we'll start with the Suns, 9-17-71 to um, Williamstown. Just talking about them, 12-9-81. Now they were down a three-quarter time, down by six goals almost and got it back to 10 points, so they did make a bit of a comeback. But um, can I just – can I just um, we've had the lying scoreboard, haven't we? We have that often. Don't nod, just say yes. Yes. Yes, thank you. Nodding um, doesn't really work <laughs> doesn't very work. well with podcasts. No, with the radio, mate. No. no. Um, the lying stats this week. When you have a look at the stats of this game, if I said to you that a team had 66 to 42 inside 50s, 56 to 26 clearances – 14 more disposals and were equal on most of the other stats, you'd think they'd probably get over the line. No doubt. I didn't, didn't realise that. But they did not get over the line. They lost by 10 points. So I didn't see the game, but I'm just making that up from the stats, which you probably should never do. But it is interesting when you look at that and, and see that it's not all about stats. Yeah, and the Brisbane Lions... Uh, Can we just wait one sec, because SJ's just nodded and... Mm'd. Yeah, no, I watched the game. You so. did watch oh, the you game. Watched the game. Well, oh, here we go. Let, let's get it from the let's <laughs> get it from the expert. But um, they'll rue that loss. They will. So they, will, they threw so. it away. Yes. Yeah, yes. because those stats say that they should be That's well correct. and truly in the game. That's correct. Um, turnovers. Oh, of course, ex Suns 
coach there too. So, of course, you keep it a little – you always have keep, to look at the – I do keep an eye on what number of the boys I coach are still playing there. But um, I watch the game, obviously, just because I watch all the VFL games yep. um, when we're not playing. And, yeah, that's definitely one that uh, the poor old Gold Coast or Rue, I think, yep. should have won that a- one. Anyone putting their hand up for selection in the senior side that you saw? Look, I've actually been a little bit happy the, the way Gold Coast have played, actually. I, I think they've changed their game plan a little bit. And you can see that, and it's probably a bit frustrating because they probably weren't getting rewarded for effort. And to yep. see them win against Sydney Swans, as you boys uh, uh, touched on before when I was listening, um, yeah, it's good to see them get a win. And I think uh, they got Frio this week, I reckon I'll knock them off. So their VFL team, um, I thought they had a very good VFL team in on the weekend. That's yep. why I said they're going to rue that. Yep. Because um, their talent, Bose was back playing. Um, yeah, that's who, great. Yeah, I've got a lot of. Um, I've got a lot of time for, for Bosey. Um, so they've got some good players running around. And, um, yeah, I, I think you'll find they're going to start to make a few waves, Gold Coast. I think so too. Yeah. Okay, Brendo, go to that next okay, one. Okay, yeah. The Which Lions had a commanding win over the Coburg Lions. The Lions versus the Lions, as, as it <laughs> turns out. 16-13, uh, 109 to 5-14-44. Matheson... Uh, Amongst the possession winners again, 39. And Ashcroft Watch. Ashcroft Watch, 32 possessions. Kicked a goal as well. Had a very good game again. I, I watched the game. Um, I'd be interested to hear from SJ. Playing out at that uh, Moreton Bay sports complex, it seems like a really tough place to play with the wind. Yeah, the wind conditions and not knocking all, but there's no real atmosphere out there at all. Oh, zero atmosphere. Yeah, zero. 100%. So, um, and speaking on the young Ashcroft boy, I ran into him at the, uh, the airport. I ran into his dad, actually. I was having a chat and he was there and, gee, he's a good size of a kid. Not bad, is he? Yeah. And he's he's going to look good at Southport next year. He will <laughs> not be playing at Southport. <laughs> I am, well, as you can see, I'm a Brisbane Lions supporter, but um, I am going to talk down every other option that he has at any stage. I've, I've, I've actually sent, um, I've got into his uh, Instagram and his Facebooks. So I don't know what <laughs> I'm even talking about, but I would be sending him messages going, how bad do the Eagles look? <laughs> and North are hopeless. Yeah. Make sure you go for the father-son. So, no, he had another good game. And the Lions, look, Robbo, the two Robins, Robertson, one Robertson, one Robinson, both had really good games. And Mitch Robbo, again, putting his hand up, saying that he's not done with just yet, having a fantastic game. So um, the, v, the VFL teams all did quite well. Into our QAFL time. Hey, Brendo. Are we going again? Two from two so far that they've answered the phone. Like, that's the thing that's, uh, that's um, surprised me the most. And actually, they both knew who we were, which was great. Knew the um, podcast. Well, everybody listens to Queensland. Everyone Carol does. Footy. Well, we know Mitch Robinson does and Dane Swan. They've gone on public record, haven't they? Let's go again. Let's go again. Okay. Have you got a number ready? Yes. All dialing right. now. Hello, is it Daniel? Daniel, or is this the great man Webby, coach of the Aspley uh, Football Club? Not sure about great, but yes, that's me. It's Robin Brendo from the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. How are you? Yeah, going well, boys. Yourself? Excellent. Hey, Webby, thanks for um, joining the show. No worries at all. Um, just giving you a call. We uh, give our try to give a coach a call each week, and um, we had a big win on the weekend for Aspley, and thought we'd give you a buzz and see how it all went. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No, it was a good win. It's obviously always a tough um, road travel down to Labrador, and they obviously got a very good side, and it was very tough conditions as well um they've had some drainage issues down there in their ground it was very soft and muddy in parts and yeah made it um made it very difficult but um yeah it was a good win by our guys and 
uh, yeah, I mean, they've recruited extremely well. Um, you know, Henderson, he's a star, and I think he had 33 and kicked two goals from centre-half back against us. So um, he's hard to hard to coach against. And then you've got you know, Boston, Alice Yolman on, on ball um, with guys like Simpson in there as well. It's, uh, hey, less, about, less about them, Webby. Less about them. <laughs> Give yourself a wrap here. How, how did you guys go? Uh, yeah, look, it was an interesting game. Like, it was a very tactical battle in a sense because of the two different systems that we play. So they're, they're very much a kick mark side and they end up having 99 more marks than us, which is massive. And that definitely wasn't by design from our end. Um, but I thought we did well to, you know, limit their, their impact going forward. Um, oh, there's only, I think, two inside 50s. They had more than us throughout the day. And um, so, again, it was an even battle in that sense. Um, but, yeah, I thought our boys did really well. We had a player go down five minutes in with concussion and that always hurts your rotations. And had a couple of guys who were battling the flu during the week as well and probably one or two shouldn't have played, but they stuck it out. And, yeah, we just, just fought it out and, and got over the line. Who were your key players for the day? Who, who sort of got you over the line, do you think? Um, well, Connor Stackelberg up forward, kick four. Like, he was awesome for us. And quite often he was, you know, out um, outnumbered up there and gave a good contest. Um, and he's been playing well all season. Um, you know, Ryan Banks-Smith on ball has been really good for us as well. And, um, again, he was another one who's probably, you know, a bit fluey and, and but pushed through and, and ended up having a big influence on the game. And big Will Wald was in the ruck, had a really good day. Like, he dominated the hitouts and that gave us a... Uh, ascendancy around clearance which was needed on the day so, yeah i saw um, he had something like 55 hit outs and 12 to advantage yeah. or something along those lines so obviously given yeah. your first use uh yeah, he played big minutes as well which was really good so i was able to push through and, and do a lot of work for us yeah so just quickly um before we go just a few comments about um you know moving obviously from the vfl competition to the quaffle um has it been difficult to so i guess um make sure your players don't have any complacency or, you know, standards dropping too far or any of those sort of things? Or have your group been able to respond well? Uh, yeah, no, not not in that sense. Our group's been really good, um, you know, in, in, in the start in terms of trying to keep as many as we could from the list we had. Obviously, we were never going to keep um, everyone. And, um, yeah, we lost a lot of talent. But, um, yeah, we are able to keep a lot of guys there. And, obviously, that QFA guys stepping up and, a part of what we wanted to do was get as many Astley juniors back to the club as we could because that was obviously one of the big challenges having the VFL set up was that we lost a lot of juniors over the journey um, that would go elsewhere to play at the quaffle level. Um, and, yeah, we did a really good job uh, to, to keep a lot of those and get a lot of guys back. And, um, yeah, no, they've been brilliant. So they've everyone's bought in and probably took a while for us to, to settle in and gel together and get everything kind of set up. But we feel like we're starting to... Um, to get that sorted and, and, yeah, hopefully get on a good run from here on. So just before we do go, Webby, sitting third on the ladder, but you take on this week Maroochydore. It's a home game, 2 o'clock on Saturday. Yep. I have personally been out to an Astley game this year. I sampled the canteen, fantastic canteen. You can let everyone know that. But um, we all we encourage everyone to come down to Astley on Saturday, I guess, and um, cheer on the Hornets. Yeah, hopefully it should be a good game and hopefully the weather's not too bad. I mean, the forecast looks terrible, but um, we'll just see how that pans out throughout the week and, and deal with what we uh, get. Thanks for your time, Webby. Really appreciate it and uh, good luck for the rest of the year and um, you never know, we'll, uh, we might call you again after, after a performance during the year. No dramas. Thanks, boys.
Thanks, Daniel. Cheers. How good was that? Three from three? He was good, wasn't he? He was good. So were Aspley. So they, yeah. were, they were very good on the weekend. And, you know, we've just gone through that game with Webby. Um, but they were, they were really good to have a win against a, a good team. Actually, SJ, while we've got you still here. Oh, Labrador. Mate. They beat Labrador. They beat your old, your old mob, Labrador. They must have had a few out, mate. Do you th- <laughs> do, honestly, do you think Aspley are the favourites for the flag? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I think um, I think Broadbeach uh, will win it again. They've got uh, they've got a lot of talent down there. What's probably impressed me at the moment, they've got a few injuries, and uh, Obi's not a, afraid to play the kids either from the academy and that. So when it comes around the finals time, he's going to have a plethora of players to pick from. He'll pick a really good balance. Um, I think Labrador. Once they get their their act together, now what I mean by that, they've they've been hit a little bit with injuries, and not quite playing uh, the way they'd like to. Nick Mel didn't coach the side on the weekend, of course, because he was with the Sydney Swans reunion, oh, so they okay, had, yep. had someone else in there uh, coaching. So I just reckon um, Broadbeach is a team to to beat, um, and I think Labrador and, and Aspley, Labrador's lot lost to a Broadbeach by two points. I think it might have been, and then they've yep. lost to, to Aspley by four. So that tells me, at the moment, they they're the three teams. But I think Broadbeach, um, at the moment, I'd have to say they're the team to beat. Well, let's talk about that game with Broadbeach. Eleven sixteen eighty two defeating Morningside four eight thirty two. Did what they had to do, I guess. You yeah. were there, Brendo. Yeah, look, I. Uh I had to work on Saturday, so I didn't see the whole game, but looked at some of the vision. And look, Morningside came out to play, uh, and you know, as you'd expect with Morningside, they're a proud team. They are a proud club, and probably not where they'd like to be at the moment. Be fair to say, so they 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 worked really hard and and had a physical approach early, but I guess as the game went on um, and Broadbeach sort of gained the ascendancy. They're there probably was a little bit of um, you know numbers behind the ball and a little bit of preservation that came yep. into it, which is totally understandable. And and in the end, you know, a fairly um, convincing win by the Cats. And you know they you know they dominated things like the inside fifties, uh, forty seven to twenty four, and and um, some of the um, possession winners as well. So um, yeah, a good performance by Broadbeach. But Morningside would probably be happy with the fact that they. Uh, you know, they, they had a good crack at it. Yep. What was the next game that you've got there, Brendo? Uh, so, Sherwood, 10-12-72, were defeated by Palm Beach, 14-9-93. Um, Ravel and Austin kicked three goals, and Jones and Crowley kicked three goals from Palm Beach. So, Liam Jones doing it up both ends. Yeah, look, it's interesting to see what they do with him. Um, obviously, he's, he's probably the, the best player in the competition. Yep. So... It's interesting what they what they try and do. What what do you think they should do? Send him to Southport. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Can he can he play there yet? No, no. no. So send him to Southport as soon as he's allowed to. <laughs> as soon as he's allowed to, uh, we'll get him at Southport. But um, oh look, what would you do if you if you were um, uh, Russ Maloney? Yep. yep. How would you use you use him at both ends of the ground because he can dominate both ends of the ground. So yeah. when you need him down back to to defend for you, you put him down there. If an opportunity arises and you've got to win the game, put him forward and he'll win you the game. And he certainly did that. So that was a That's good correct. win for, for Palm Beach. Yeah. And, and, and look, for for um, Sherwood, it was nice to see Bruce Revel and Will Fletcher. Um, yes, it was. We'll lead the uh, possession getters. Uh, Revel played a fair bit of uh, Lions Reserves footy last yep. year. He's a good up-and-comer, as is Fletcher, who I dare say they won't have next year because he'll be on an AFL list. Yep. 
Now let's go to the last one because we did have a game that was washed out. Was Mount Gravatt and who were they playing? Service Paradise. Service Paradise that was washed out. So we do. So hopefully that'll be played at a later date during yep. the season. But Marucci Door ten eight sixty eight defeated by Redlands fourteen ten ninety four. Scollard kicked four goals for Marucci Door. Yeah, and goal kicker. Look, I had a chat to Phil Cass, the uh, Redland Vict- Victoria Point coach, about this game. He was actually really pleased. Uh, he said, you know, at halftime, even, even though the game was even, he felt they had the ascendancy in the game. But probably Maruchidor was just probably getting them a little bit on, on rebound and were able to score more heavily than they liked. So they worked on starting points and, and particularly their forwards, ASF forwards, to get up the ground a bit more and so forth. So after halftime, they were able to um, stem uh, Maruchidor to two goals after halftime yep. and, and kick a few themselves. So overall, Redland, um, you know, Carsey was... He actually felt it was probably their best performance of the year and they were pretty happy with that. Um, now, Carsey was happy. Rob was happy too because he tipped them. <laughs> Brendo did not. Rob did tick one to Rob. <laughs> it hasn't been happening too many times yesterday. Rob, Rob's been well behind. See how he oh, just goes right. over it. I like that. Yeah. Um, mate, big week of games this week. We'll um, Let's do our tips now, eh? Yeah, let's, let's do, do them now because we're in here and we're going to get a tip from SJ as well. And look, my first tip is I really hope we get to play. I'm a bit, ner- <laughs> yes. I'm a bit well, nervous about games. I agree with that. Mate. They are predicting Armageddon, aren't they? Really, they well, really are. So yeah. let's go through and just let's pretend they play. <laughs> and um, Service Paradise and Noosa. These all games are scheduled for Saturday at two o'clock. So no, get down actually to actually the footy. Service Noosa game is, is scheduled, scheduled for, for one o'clock. o'clock. Of course it is. Okay, that will be there. So their Colts will play afterwards, and okay. it's not such a uh, a big trip for Noosa. Well, it means their Colts don't have to get up at 5am to play. Yep. Okay, we'll go with that. Sounds good to me. Service Paradise and Noosa. Who are you tipping? I think Noosa will have too many guns. Okay. SJ, Noosa. who would you go? I'm going with I'm going with SJ every time. Watch this. <laughs> I'm going for Noosa as well. Palm Beach are playing Redland at Palm Beach. This will be a ripper. It'd be interesting to see. I'd love it. Probably won't happen, but I'd love to watch Jones um, play on uh, the Big Hammer. Oh, that would be cool, yes. Um, that would be cool. I dare say Palm Beach won't want to use um, Jones in that fashion, but uh, it'd be great if it did. Just a tip, mate. That's all we need. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Redland. Redland? Yeah, Redland for me. Good. Well, I've already given my hand away. Um, Mount Gravatt against Broadbeach. This game's been changed too. The venue is now at Broadbeach. Yeah, Broadbeach for mine. Broad Beach, easy. Oh, thank, thank goodness. <laughs> I thought if he tips me out of how dumb am I going to look? I've, I've been bagged by the uh, Broad Beach club a couple of times for not tipping them, tipping against them, and they've won every game, obviously. There you go. You've done a good thing for them. Yes. Morningside, play Labrador. Labrador have too many. Yeah. Yeah, Labrador, Labrador. way too good, yeah. Wilston Grange are playing Sherwood at Wilston Grange. Who are, Wilston Grange are playing some really good footy. Yeah, and Sherwood do appear to be a little bit on the improve, but... I think Wilson Grange has just got too many good players at the moment. Yeah, Wilson Grange, Matty Payne, 50 years of age and still killing it. Still killing it. The, I've seen them play two games this year and he's played really well. Yeah, he had 37 again on the weekend, I think. Holy heck. Oh, yeah. that was last the week. The week before, yeah. Unbelievable. Aspley and Maruchidor in the last game. Look, I th- yeah, I don't mind Maruchidor, but Aspley at home, you'd have to you'd have to go that way. Yeah, Webby's boys easy. Easy. Now, that's really easy for me to work out the tips because we're uh, exactly the same. So, that will mean that you lead by three, Brendo. 
and you will maintain that lead. L- I was hoping last week was going to be my week, but we had uh, I tipped two of them. Different a bit to you. Of, we've split it, did we? Two to me and one to you. So I, I tipped three out of four, and you tipped two out of four. So. Okay, the last bit, because we're running out of time. Um, let's go, Brendo. What have we got? We've done our tips. So I'm going to start Canteen Connoisseur. I had a lot to do on the weekend, so I got up at like real early on Saturday. No, I didn't actually. I actually um, went to the closest ground that to my home, and I went to Labrador at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning and met Mel out there at the canteen, had my photo taken with her. She was absolutely awesome and had fantastic review coming up for you right now which was i had a egg and bacon roll on the advice of the girls there i had a had my dim sims this is all at 10 o'clock mind you nothing like a 10 a.m dimmy nothing like a 10 a.m dimmy and then i had my can of drink and it cost me 10 bucks 50 so value 10 out of 10 you can't beat 10 bucks 50 for all that because i didn't have anything to eat till dinner because i didn't need anything um the second part of the review is the variety they had everything whatever you wanted have been told, anyone heads out to Labrador, have been told that their schnitzel burgers are supposed to be absolutely awesome. There was no way I could do that at 10 o'clock. But uh, Variety, I'm going to give them 9 out of 10. Fantastic. And oh, they actually got an extra point because on Variety, steamed or fried dim sim, sir, what would you like? What the hell? That's fantastic. Um, the quality, I haven't eaten anything like that uh, egg and bacon roll before. That was fantastic. And it was one of those ones, that it just looked local footy. It was just the roll, bit of egg, bit of bacon, bit of barbecue sauce for Rob. Everyone's happy. And the service... Oh, sorry, I give the, I give the quality of the food 10. And the service, how can you beat getting a photo with the people? The, right? But we've had... That, so that's 39. 10 out of 10, that's 39. But I have had to deduct a point. I got attacked by magpies as I was eating, the, eating my food. Ooh. I had eight of the buggers around me. Ooh. And they were like... Ah! So I've had to take a point off because... Sorry, how did they do it? How did they do it? I don't know. You went from a bird to a dog. Yeah. No, (laughs) see, the second one that I... The second noise was what happened after... No, I didn't... I I shooed them away. Um, But, yeah, one of them actually went from a dim sim. So obviously a very um, canteen-orientated magpie as well. So I think that might be the top score. 38 38 has taken the lead. 38. Okay, what are you looking forward to, Rob? Uh, What what am I looking forward to? Mate, I'm looking forward to going out and watching... Southport played GWS. So I think in the VFL, I think it's a fantastic game. GWS have only had the one draw. It was the only points they've dropped. And Southport, you know, I, I enjoy watching them play. I think they're, they're playing a good brand of footy. And I'm looking forward to getting out to Metricon and watching the Suns uh, hopefully defeat Fremantle. Sneaky, sneaky chance. I, I think they may be able to do it. So what I say we should do right now, Brendo, is we should sign off. And uh, reconvene this in about seven days' time and have another episode and see if we can get it to number 11. And big shout-out to Steve Daniels, SJ. Thanks so much for coming in. Mate, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thanks, Mate, SJ. thank you, gentlemen, both for having me. If you get out to Broadbeach on the weekend, Craig O'Brien did tell me to say that uh, if you get a photo with him, he'll buy you a beer. So get around him. Okay. What time, <laughs> oh, what that's, a good, bro- that's a good stitch-up right there. What's, what time's that game? I could be there. Um, thanks again, everyone. Enjoy your footy this week, and remember to love your local footy. See you next time. Dunstall in the pocket goes for goal number 100 and gets it. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.